Is there magic in the water? We found out on our trip to Venice. to Travel FOMO, a podcast for people self-diagnosed with wanderlust. You're listening to the Travel FOMO podcast. My name is Jamin Houghton, and with me is my wife and the magic in my trips, Hillary. <laughs> wow, that's sweet. <laughs> Mon amour. <laughs> That's sweet. And we are in the middle of season seven of the Travel FOMO podcast. That season is Mediterranean Europe Mm -hmm. as we explore the southern part of Europe on our gap year adventure. And today uh, we are still in Italy, still loving it, and in a place called Venice. Venice. Oh my goodness. Southern Europe, uh, northern Italy. Yes. And this on the uh, east coast of Italy. East coast. So sounds uh, way different. <laughs> the idea of east coast. I'm like in Venice. Oh, true. Yes. Uh, so different than what we'd experienced so far. Uh, you had been to Venice before with your sister. Yes. And had you guys stayed, or did you just come in for the day? We came in fresh in the morning on a Sunday morning. And we were just there for the day, kind of. Gotcha. Yeah. So for a few hours, really, if I'm really being honest with myself. Yeah. Yeah. And we were only there one night ourselves mm-hmm. uh, because it was uh, one of the more expensive stops. Yes. On, on our trip. So we only stayed one night, um, but we were really excited to be there. We arrived from Lake Como. So kind of a long trip. We had to cross italy from west to east um but really there just enough to get a taste of it and then head back out um venice is a place all its own it is it does it has this sort of whimsical mysterious otherworldly feel to it it really does and you know the those are none of those are terms that i would have used None of those are terms I would have used the first time I went. Huh. Yeah, my sister and I, like, I remember showing up and it felt very dead and quiet and, and it just hadn't woken up yet. Yeah. Um, and the waters were really calm, but I remember it smelling and the water looked so dirty and it still doesn't look like something you want to jump in. Right. But I just remember my experience being so different. And then I came this time and it was alive when we arrived and it was so exciting and so romantic right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. I remember getting there and from the train, you sort of like go out over the ocean Mm -hmm. because it is on the ocean. Yeah. So that's not fresh water that's throughout the canals. Like that's seawater, it's salt water. And remember going on the train and you kind of go out on the ocean yeah for a ways like yeah. you're kind of yeah. like okay well, like we're going out here uh-huh. and you get dropped off at the train station which is also right on the water yes which is right on the water you go out and there are these water buses right on the grand canal and like water taxis and gondolas and all this stuff and it just doesn't make any sense because there's water everywhere. There's literally no dirt. Yeah. 
And so consequently, like there's no grass and That's an very few thought. trees yeah. or anything like that. It's all like it's just the city mm-hmm. out in the middle of the water. I wonder how much they have to pay for dirt. Like if I wanted to like pot a plant, <laughs> you know, and I'm sure people yeah. do. I'm sure people want to have vegetation mm-hmm. and I'm sure they kind of create like little garden areas or little, you know, potted plants or trees and how much would it cost to buy dirt <laughs> yeah it's probably pretty expensive i would assume because you know, have to maybe. get it in yeah. there somehow but exactly yeah, yeah. interesting it, uh, it's it was really cool our airbnb host um said that it's magic he did and I, we were like wow this is so cool it's so cool and he was like yeah it's magic yes and he said he, he'd lived there for a long long time and he still loves to just look out at the at the Grand Canal, yeah, over the water and see the boats going by, and it still has that same energy to him. That same magic is still there for him, even though he's lived there for a really long time. And yeah. I think that's the mark of a truly special place mm-hmm. when you can be there and not get used to it. Mm, yeah, that's true. I could see that. And yeah. I think it it's one of those places that's unlike anywhere else in the world. Yeah. It was so cool to get to be there. When you can tell, like we were talking with him about like the fact that this is even possible and how they do this and how they make these cities happen. It's just, or make Venice happen. It's crazy. And he was like, yeah, yep, it's magic. Oh gosh. I love that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it was just so cool. So what are, what are some other interesting things about Venice? Well, I'm glad you asked. I have some facts. I'm <laughs> taking it upon myself to become somewhat of a, not a fact checker, but kind of like providing some facts. <laughs> so, because I feel like I always just provide like emotional reactions to everything. Like, oh, that was so lovely. Um, okay, so here's some facts. Um, did you know Venice is made up of 120 islands? That's interesting. Wow, yeah. Yeah, 120 islands crossed over with 177 canals. So imagine all these 177 little rivers, more yeah. or less. And then um, it's got what, 391 bridges. 391? 391. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't make us run over every one of those bridges. 391 <laughs> bridges in a run. <laughs> No, I just think that's fascinating. I mean, that's crazy. Um, and then the one thing I found really interesting, and we heard a little bit about this, um, I feel like from our uh, row instructor, which we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But one of the things that we've learned is that it really is kind of a sinking city, right? So yes. yeah. it has, it by the year 2100, so 75 years from now, 73, 78, what? 78 no 77 there it is (laughs) 77 years from now it could be gone it could be disappeared underneath the waves yeah fascinating it is um and then it has sunk about 5.9 inches in the past century so in november 2019 venice actually suffered from the second worst flooding so that's pretty recent that yeah. within the past five years it's had the worst the second worst flooding it's ever experienced um the worst was actually back in 1966 but um that's like and that's on record so for at least 100 years and 
I mean, how long has Venice even been around? Like, it can't be. Wait, how long has Venice been around? That's a great question. Like, when did they build a city on water? Um, I mean, it's been around a long, long time. I know, but isn't that fascinating to think about? Like, somebody built that before our current day technology? Yes. That's mind-blowing. Yeah. So mind-blowing. It really is. Yeah, All but, that goes um, into it and, and having never been done before. Yeah. Yeah. But this most recent flooding, it actually, and I remember seeing pictures of it in the media, like St. Mark's Square was just covered in a foot of water. Like that would be so surreal. That's so, crazy. so surreal. And then um, the foundations of all of these buildings are actually being pushed more and more into um, a layer of a layer of earth down below that's clay so that's a problem it's like slowly kind of getting into some soft softer earth and then is is my understanding of that and then um one of the things that they're looking to do to solve that is to create kind of like these mobile gates um i would like to think of them as dams like a mobile dam that they can strategically place around the city when it matters in the right places Mm. um, to keep places from, uh, you know, from flooding and the tide. If you think about it, the tide alone brings in three and a half feet of water. Yeah. So that alone is just crazy to think about. And then I never even think about like, what if there's a huge storm and all kinds of waves? Like you're really at risk. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. That it is crazy. It was crazy to see it at low tide Mm -hmm. too. And see, like, oh wow, like, yeah, there's really pretty not, big difference. Not a lot of depth in a lot of these places. Like, mm, yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah, well, that's some of this could be in you know uh, global warming. That could be some of the reasons why people are leaving. Um, it's feeling a little bit riskier, um, but also like people are really leaving Venice at a really surprising rate. So in 2016, Venice had about 67,000 residents. And fast forward five years to 2021, there was 50,000 people. Wow. So whenever we got there, by the time we got there, 2022, there's it's after COVID mm-hmm. and the prices have risen. Everything's a little bit more difficult and um, cost of living had risen. At this point, the cost of living is a little bit cheaper than living in New York by like 20 cents. Wow. Yeah. So that's kind of crazy. Um, and then there's also a um, a lot of tourism. Like tourism is just like, yeah. I think it's just beating people up. So anyway, a lot of reasons why people are not sticking around and actually staying there. I just think that's fascinating. Another fascinating thing about Venice that you pointed out was there was a tax. When we showed up as tourists, we had to pay money just to step, just to buy <laughs> a train ticket and step. Yeah. On, I was about to say on the ground. I was trying to find a better word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to be in the city, you have to pay a tax. Um, yeah. Which is, I mean, it's worth it to go see the city, but mm-hmm. now I understand the reason for it. But it is kind of one of those things of like, you mean I have to pay tax just to be in the city? Like, mm-hmm. not to go into a place or like somewhere. It's not a private thing. You just like to be in the city. You got to yeah. pay a tax. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of fascinating. It wasn't like substantial, but it was like, you know, you notice it. Yeah. And, and didn't we have to pay it to our Airbnb host? Yes. Yeah. Been. We had to pay in cash uh-huh. uh, to him. I think it was, I want to say it was like five euro a piece. Yeah. Something like that. Um, so not crazy, but 
Yeah, and that was just for a day. I think it is a daily like, thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. like according to that. how long you're going to be there. So, yeah. And speaking of Airbnb host, how cool was the palace we stayed in? That was really, really cool. It was legitimately a palace. Yeah. Um, and on the Grand Canal, which was really cool in and of mm-hmm. itself too, especially if you've been there, a lot of the canals, like there are all the, you know, 177 canals or whatever, but a lot of them are really narrow. Mm-hmm. And the Grand Canal is sort of the big thing that everything like comes to and sort of centers around. And so yeah. getting to stay on the Grand Canal was really cool. We had the windows of the living room looked out over the Grand Canal. Um, if you go to the YouTube video, there's like a time lapse from our living room window. Yeah. Of all the boats and the gondolas and the and the water buses going mm-hmm. back and forth. Um, it was a lot of fun to be there and just such a cool old building. Yeah. They had spent 15 years renovating to get it ready to go. Wow. Um, the floors in it are this sort of pressed stone that almost resembles marble, uh, but it's yeah. clay and shells and things like that. And it's, and they would press it together and create these almost like mosaic designs yes. in the floor. And so it had the original floors in it, um, which was really awesome and cool. They'd so done an amazing cool. job making it feel like an old Venetian palace, but then the bathroom was super nice, mm-hmm. really posh Lush, and yeah. modern. Um, they had this really cool um, concept for the kitchen. It was basically this cabinet in the living room that just looked like this wood cabinet. But if you opened the top of it, there was the stove and the sink was all right there. There's a little party inside. <laughs> yeah, there that was, was like so a cute. hidden fridge. Um, it sounds really kitschy. Like that right there, this pop-up kitchen, right? Right. That sounds really cheesy. Yes. It was so classy, guys. Yeah. It was so sleek and so maybe custom. I mean, I, I can't imagine anybody just selling that, although it does look like a standalone piece of furniture. It yeah. was cool. It was really, really cool. And even even the parts just of the building that weren't necessarily inside the Airbnb itself were really cool. Down the entryway had the old well that mm-hmm. used to be, um, I don't know if it's exactly on that property, but definitely in that part of Venice. Yeah. Um, they had it kind of as a, uh, more of a decoration now, but it's sitting in there so you can see it and get up close. And uh, our Airbnb host was telling us about that because there's these big cisterns all around the city that collect rainwater so that people have water and you think about it and you're like oh yeah you're surrounded by water but you can't do anything with any of this water it's salt water crazy so you have to gather rainwater to have drinking water and stuff like that and 
I never would have thought of that. Yeah, just those things that don't occur to you Yeah. about a city in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, so <laughs> cool. We had, That host was great, too. Like, he knew so much about the history of Venice. Yes. He knew so much about the architecture. He had, they'd been, like, the whole remodeling process, forgive me if you've already said this, it took 15 years for them to do it. And I'm guessing that's probably the entire palace yeah. Um, so the entire huge building. But but also there were, weren't there a lot of different palaces in Venice? Yes. Yeah. So it's not like there was one palace yes. where there were like, there were a lot uh, yeah. in Venice. So, but it, uh, it was really cool yeah, that, often. Uh, that they held on to it. One thing that was also um, kind of fun about it was how stable it was. It wasn't. It, it was, was moving. <laughs> Let's talk about that for a minute. So, Hillary, at several points, asserted her belief that the building was moving. It was fascinating, guys. It really was. I assured her that it was not. Um, so did the Airbnb host. He was like, no, no, that's not a thing. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> yeah. We we're like, no, it's not. There's even in our footage one point where Hillary was taking video of the like light fixture because a tassel was hanging from it. And you were hoping to catch the movement in the tassel as proof that the place was swaying back and forth. I forgot that. That's so funny. I mean, it really felt like it to me. That's the crazy part is I was like, I was pretty convinced because I've also, I've done a lot of like sea stuff. Like, I, I mean, I've been on boats and stuff like that and I don't have that experience very often. So to me, it was kind of weird to feel that. Like, it was like, wow, I really feel, I mean, it's different if you've been on a cruise ship for like, you know, seven days, but then like, we were just on a water bus for like, what, 10, 15 minutes? Yeah. It wasn't long and it wasn't crazy waters. It was wild to me that I really felt like the place was moving. In fact, one per, at one point, I think I kind of jerked because I felt unstable. Yeah. 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 All in your head. <laughs> But then you like to also point out that that morning, as we had left uh, Lake Como, mm -hmm. I had, you know, there was some half a bottle of leftover wine at 6 a.m. And I was like, well, that's not going to waste. <laughs> so I, I did drink wine for breakfast. So. <laughs> yeah. And we're still not sure as to which one of those more logically explains <laughs> why Hillary and only Hillary felt the swaying in the building. Well, if you think about it, the idea of a building swaying in Venice actually isn't that crazy of an idea. It is that crazy of an idea. I don't think it is. <laughs> okay, you guys, someone needs to email us and tell me I'm right. <laughs> Travelfomopodcast at gmail.com. Too funny. If you're listening to this, you like a good adventure. And if you like a good adventure, you might enjoy following the fights. It all started with Mars and Ashley's bold decision to travel full-time in their converted Sprinter van. Fast forward six years or so, they've seen all 50 states and backpack countries like Thailand and Guatemala. It's been one daring decision after another, and now they're braving another big adventure, building a creative retreat in the Colorado Rockies. Find out what life is like when you take risk. Follow the fights on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.
but it was very apparent when you made it to Venice that Americans were traveling again. Oh, yeah. We were, yes. That is when it happened, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was like, bam. Okay. America. They're everywhere. People everywhere, and they're all Americans. (laughs) Crazy Americans like us. Yeah. Why would they do that? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we were like right in the mix. Like, it's a very crowded city, especially, I mean, if you think about it, there are there are not really streets. Right. And so it makes sense that everyone's like crowded into a smaller space. It's a smaller city anyway, one that everybody wants to see. It's yeah. very popular, but that makes that makes everything really crowded. Mm-hmm. Especially at the bigger bridges. Because the Grand Canal sort of like serpentines its way through the city and everything's sort of around that, but there's only a few bridges that actually cross it Mm. so unless you're in a water bus or water taxi or gondola there's only a couple of places where you can cross from one side of the city to the other easily yeah and so those become choke points that are just cram-packed full of people yeah but interesting fact there is like a unique little water um it's almost like a little water taxi you can take that just takes you just across the Grand Canal. Yes. And so if you want to walk around and do all the walking, you're like, I don't want to be pay for like a, a full ticket all the way to the train station. Then you don't have to. You just pay to cross over the big strip of water and then you are <laughs> on to the next part of the islands. Yeah. And it's pretty, I think it was like a euro. Yeah. It was like really cheap. Yeah. I don't remember exactly, but yeah. Getting around was like kind of a kind of unique experience there you can't just like take off from the train station and walk like it's you have to do some figuring to to make it around Venice yes and lots of options okay so you can go by foot Mm -hmm. um that could be really exhausting because if you think about it there are a ton of bridges 391 to be exact okay (laughs) let's not forget that so you're talking about a lot of up and down up and down up and down a lot of stairs um and Another option is the water taxi, which is just like any other taxi, really, except it's on a boat, you know, like you're just getting on a a boat. Um, It is private. So water taxis cost a little bit because it's like getting a private taxi. Yeah. And they were really cool, like Mm -hmm. really cool boats. Like we didn't take take a water taxi ourselves Mm -hmm. because of the price, but it they are really cool boats. Yes. True. And then there's water buses, which is what we did. And that's the most affordable. And um, it can get really busy and really crowded. Yes. We were like sitting there with our bags in our lap and just like packed in there with other people. And you got to move around a lot to make room for people to get on and off. It's kind of an interesting, there's like an art to it. (laughs) Yeah. I, I feel like unless you can find a seat, which is harder to do Mm -hmm. um, because there's so many people you always feel in the way. Like it's one of those where there's just not a good place to be. Yeah. You're just constantly in the way. You're just, yeah, you're constantly in the way, especially if you've got your bags with you. But it was so much cheaper. It was 21 euros per person for a 24 hour pass. Yeah. And that's kind of all we needed. Mm-hmm. And um, there is one line, it's line one actually, <laughs> that is the <laughs> line, the route that most tourists use and that they need. So you don't have to pay for like this huge bus ticket that takes you all over the place you can kind of just get um i think it's a cheaper version to just get what we got but um 
Yeah, well, and then you can do that quick ride over the another option of travel is that quick ride over the Grand Canal that we talked about. It's just yeah. like two euros or someone will just take you across real fast. Um, so, yeah. Well, and then there's the famous gondolas. Yes, the gondolas of Venice, which is what everybody knows. And that's less really of a, a mode of transportation anymore. That True. used to be how you would get anywhere. Um, but now it's more of a novelty thing, just sort of a ride. Yeah. Um, kind of expensive. Um, yeah. And you are on display. When, yeah. Yeah, because everybody's there to see the gondolas mm-hmm. and the gondoliers kind of do their thing. And so when you get in one of those and they take you around, everyone's going to be taking pictures of you and yes. filming you and all that kind of stuff. So just be okay um, with it. Yeah. You can't just, do nothing about just that. embrace your celebrity and, and yes. be cool. But, um, a fun, a fun thing that isn't anywhere else. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's what Venice is known for. And so sort of a, a rite of passage for Venice, which you would think being our nature to embrace the local thing and do the local thing that we would take this really romantic gondola ride through Venice. Well, that was the original plan, wasn't it? Yes. But But we like to do things differently. It changed. Yeah, that wasn't quite difficult enough for us. So what we decided (laughs) to do was uh, row Venice. And so they actually teach you how to row Venetian style. So you um, book your tickets. Um, it was actually cheaper than taking a gondola ride. It was. And the company was actually called, just to Row reiterate. Venice. Yeah. Yeah. It's called Row Venice. Yes. Yeah. So if you want to do it, you can look up Row Venice and uh, find them and book your trip just like we did. Um, it wasn't quite what we thought it was going to be. Yeah. A little different. Um, I did enjoy it. I'm glad we did it. Um Venetian rowing is different in that if you think of most rowboats that you've experienced, you're sitting facing the back of the boat and you're pulling toward yourself. And that's the main like motion of the row and how you propel the boat. Well, in Venice, Venetian rowing is the opposite. You face the front of the boat and you make this certain motion and you're sort of pushing uh, the oar to propel the boat forward and twisting yeah twisting your wrists and yeah yeah you twist your wrists and you make this sort of s shape as you bring the the row out of the water and back in and and you're rolling your wrist to to make it go forward and kind of control it and it it takes a little bit to to get down and is more of a workout than I think we thought yeah. that we were going to get. Yeah, it was more like we were like, ah, this will be fun. And it was a little bit more like a physical activity training session. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, people do it as a sport um, and things like that. And I could definitely see that. Um, but I think we kind of thought that we would like piddle around the side canal some and be done but like our coach was very intent on us like really learning how to row uh, venetian style we we did go down like several canals and we went out um sort of out of the city into the port a little bit and 
It was really it felt like open water. Like it was like, oh, this is the ocean. <laughs> yeah. And it was a really windy day. Yeah. And you're in this boat and you're standing up. So you're catching all of the wind. Yeah. And it made it really hard to get anywhere. The coach was definitely a coach. She and not was. Like, not like a guide or an instructor, but very much a like coach. Like she came in athletic attire. I think she might have been wearing a visor. Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't a whistle involved, but but really close. But really close. One time she like slammed her hand down on the uh, <laughs> on the actual. Uh, there was a couple times she yelled at me. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Like I was like, oh, it's this. Okay, okay, it's this totally different session than I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> and I was not mentally prepared for that. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't think that that positively impacted your. Uh, your time <laughs> during Rovinus. Not exactly. Yeah. It's just a coaching style. That's all, though. Yes. And I think I wish I would have known, like, hey, put on your running gear. Because, I mean, yeah. obviously we came for stuff like that. So it's like, oh, cool. I totally would have done that. I just got the impression it was more of a, hey, I don't know. I guess maybe I thought some guy was going to stand up there and, like, do it and show us and then let us try it and he would tell us history of venice and it would be kind of like a tour where you kind of learn things and and it was um it was just very functional training yeah i i kind of thought the same yeah i thought we would go around the city learn about venice and at one point we would all take turns rowing for a minute yes and then that would kind of be it but that wasn't it like it was a session so if you picture your gym teacher that had those like you know those like short shorts with like the three buttons that like mr whoever from gym class would always wear and he'd have like a a polo with like a whistle (laughs) um that guy only like a female version like in venice that's funny (laughs) Oh, man. But the really great part was that um, she used to live in America. So she spoke Mm -hmm. really good English. We got to really converse with her. Um, She did tell us about Venice and um, and talked about being in Venice during the height of COVID and the shutdown, which was crazy to hear her stories and just about how um, severe it was. The shutdown was really intense and it was really hard to get things. And, um, so that was like really fascinating and I would definitely do it again, but I would come with a different mindset, I think. And I kind of came with the like, oh, where's the wine and cheese kind of <laughs> mindset. And that wasn't really, um, their approach. If given the opportunity again, I probably would have just done a gondola ride. Mm, um, yeah. it was really cool to learn to row. And I think if, if I was going to go to Venice and stay several days, and like do a gondola ride at some point uh, I would definitely do row Venice like it it was fun to learn but we were only there for 24 hours and yeah like you I kind of thought it would be a more relaxing thing and was what I was looking for I did really enjoy though being on the water yes good point point. and I think you take in the city differently from mm-hmm. the water um you're lower And you're kind of removed from the crowds a little bit. Yeah. And you're just sort of slowly moving through these canals. And it, um, that part of it was really nice. Yeah. Um, Definitely an experience like that'll like stick with you. Yes. Be like 
on the water. Yeah. In fact, in the YouTube video, there's like footage of, of us during the row session. You see us rowing a little bit, but there's, there's some of just the, the scenery as we're going down mm-hmm. these canals. And when I see that footage, I remember sitting there and really enjoying that part of it. When you weren't rowing. Yeah. When you were the one being, being I was yelled like, at to like always... properly row. I was always hoping that you would row. Like, I was like, okay, it's, is it his turn yet? Because I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> it was, it's funny because I knew that you were not digging this. And I knew that, like, her, like, borderline barking at you about, like, how to do it and, like, no, don't do that. Do this. Don't do that. Do this. And I knew, like, that that maybe that's not quite your style, (laughs) but it's funny because she would have me row and I felt like I picked it up a little quicker. And I think I'm just a little more used to like that kind of like coaching. Mm -hmm. And so then she would like have us trade out. And I think she really wanted you to get it. And so you were rowing a little bit more than me because like, and it was just like feeding itself. She, like yes. the beast was just like feeding itself in this, yes. in this vicious circle. I could totally see that for sure. And I just kept <laughs> wanting you to get back up there. And she really <laughs> liked you. But I didn't feel like she liked me either. But I think it's just that style, you know. Like it, like it was kind of crazy though. Like it is a difficult motion to sort of get down. Mm-hmm. And... In the canals, you're sort of navigating other boats and things like that. So you have to really watch your oar. And they're not like fixed to like the little places where the oar sits in the boat isn't fixed. So it slips out really easily. And then when we got out of the city and kind of into open water, um, she actually had to stand up in the back of the boat. And you're you're standing kind of in the boat in the middle. For a lot of it. And then you kind of progress to where you're actually standing up on top of the boat and in the back of the boat, like you see the gondoliers do. And you learn to do that. And that is a little scary because you're like, I could just like, I'm already like this thing's already a little shaky as it is. And I'm just one wrong move from just ending up in, in this water. Even when you're inside the boat rowing, you're like trying to balance yourself and balance everyone else on the boat. Mm -hmm. And so if anybody makes a move, you know, you're trying to balance it out. And she would not let you stand with your, she wanted us to really do it the right way, which is the point. And so instead you're not standing, standing like with your feet planted next to each other, you're standing with your feet kind of, um, not lunch style, but kind of back, you know, one foot back. Yeah. And it's very different. And it was very specific. Like this foot has to be right here and this foot has to be right there. And you like, don't move your feet. (laughs) (laughs) Like it was like, you know, there were just ways of doing it, but that requires a lot of balance. Um, Mm. I apparently did not have (laughs) also at one point, uh, I'm just going to tell all now guys. Um, at one point, we were, there was another boat coming and it looked like we were all going to kind of hit each other, but you know, we're just like going pretty slowly. It's not that big of a deal. And I reach over to touch the wall next to me because 
we're in really tight quarters. And so the wall's just like right there. And oh, she was so upset that like, <laughs> do not, like she just yelled, like, do not ever touch the wall. Do not ever reach outside the boat. And I was like, literally, I'm pretty kind. But in that moment, I was like, okay, I know how you are. And I know how to bark back to people that need to be barked back. So I barked back at her and I was like <laughs> a little like just a run of rules at the beginning of this would have stopped that. All you got to do is say, don't touch the walls at any point. Don't lean over. Don't think you're going to save us. You won't. You'll hit something. You'll fall out and hit your head on the wall, which is a really good point. Right. Yeah, yeah. That would be really easy to do. Um, but uh yeah, I didn't uh, receive any of her feedback <laughs> very well. So it uh, like it was a difficult thing to learn, and because you're you're also like you're you're trying to balance, you're trying to row forward, and your feet are spread apart like that, and you're you're essentially supposed to be like taking a step to like push the the oar forward, and so it's not like as much of an arm thing as it is like weight and momentum of your body and like almost taking a step. And that's a really hard motion to get down in, in something that's, it felt like being in a canoe that's mm -hmm. very like very much, shaky yeah. side to side. And yeah, I have a lot of respect for actual gondoliers. I do too. Now. Yeah. I always thought like, Oh, that's just something like, I thought like training to be a gondolier would take like, half a day like on your first day you ride with somebody and you learn like half a day and then you're good to go but it uh they are professionals and they're they are they're really good and they make it look super easy mm -hmm. and they sing and laugh and use their feet to kick off walls and stuff like we were that not singing or laughing no that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't what we were doing but we were using our body parts to push away from the walls <laughs> oh man yeah no that was like that's really funny to look back on like there's some good stories packed in there that's so funny <laughs> so speaking of gondolas and just the idea that like you're in the limelight when you're in one mm -hmm. I couldn't help but notice uh, with my celebrity radar that David Beckham was had just had been there, was there when we were there or just left or something like that. And he'd brought his daughter. And I remember thinking as we were walking around, I was like, man, this is not a good place for celebrities, because if you sit in one of those gondolas, you're already going to get your picture taken immediately. You probably want some privacy but you are not going to get it this way. And sure <laughs> enough, like, I'm sure that was like a little bit of a um, gift to his daughter in some way to be like, okay, yeah. yeah, like, yeah, we should do this. You should do this. You should get to do this. So mm -hmm. I'm going to do this because you deserve to have a normal life just like anybody else would do. They would go on a gondola ride. We're going to do it. Yeah. So I feel like we had a lot of like narrow brushes with people that, missed an opportunity to hang out with me because I feel like Brad Pitt and Khan. I, I knew you were um, going to say that. I feel like George Clooney and like mm. Como and then now David Beckham and yeah. Venice. I'm not sure where the disconnect was, but yeah. I feel like we should have hung out with all of them. Mm -hmm. and we didn't hang out with any of them. Such a 
bummer. <laughs> but we did have a really great dinner. We did. Uh, we went to, was it La Feluccia? La Faluca? La Faluca. Yeah, I think, I think. you're right. Um, our Airbnb host recommended mm-hmm. to us. So yeah. that is one great advantage of actually having to meet up with your Airbnb host is when you get a great one, they're great. And they yes. turn you on to great things. And this one was no exception. Um, where we made a reservation <laughs> and we show up and we tell him our name and he, and it's like, oh, yep, yep. Got the reservation right here, grabs the menus, and he's like, follow me. And we like leave the restaurant. Yeah. And I'm like, um, are we like, we're not <laughs> no, even we, sitting like, we do want to eat. Like, we want to eat. Yeah. And there's no tables on like outside the restaurant. So I'm like, what are we doing? And we walk down a little bit, turn around a corner. Yeah. Uh, onto another street. And there are tables in the middle of that street, uh-huh. and that's where there are. <laughs> that's yeah. where our table was in the middle of the street. That was really cute. Yeah, and I've I've never seen one that far from the actual yes. restaurant itself. Yes, but they had a little section of that street where they had tables, and there were I mean, there were probably like eight tables out there uh-huh. yeah. with people all around, and um, it was just like it being right outside but it was just so like it threw me off at first because like where yeah. are we going where well are you like how us? do you commandeer that space right like, how does the restaurant say okay this is my building i own but i'm gonna own this space that's not near my building <laughs> yeah and like <laughs> even in cinque terre we had one time we ate at a restaurant outside on a patio but the patio was across the street Yes. I'm like, that's so fascinating. And I'm not talking about like a little walkway. I'm pretty sure it was an actual street. Yeah. So I just think that's interesting. Like, what do they do? Are they negotiating with their neighbors and like, hey, like you use this for gelato during the day and then like we'll shut it down and I'll use it for dinner at night. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know how that works. It was it was fascinating. But yeah, uh, we had really good food um, yes. sitting outside. The night was beautiful. Like the weather was beautiful. Yeah, it was. Um. I think you had pasta, like lobster pasta with like good. black noodles. Yeah. And I thought it might be the ink noodles that I was really going for. Yeah. And you said, no, it's not. And I said, ah, maybe it is. <laughs> and I went ahead and ordered it anyway. And uh, it wasn't, but it was still cool. It was good. Yeah. And um, I think I had some ravioli, something like that. It was uh, really good. Um Venice is famous for the ink noodles, mm-hmm. uh, which we did not get. Um, but if you're there, um, you can look it up. Like you can Google Venice squid ink noodles and see yeah. like it's this really dark black yeah. uh, pasta, which seems like a lot of fun. Yeah. But uh, we didn't have them there. But the meal was really good. It was really good. And we had to top it off with gelato. Of course. So we found a great little spot for gelato. And I got some gelato that's like milk flavored, basically. Didn't you find out that it was um, like mozzarella? Didn't you find out later that flor de latte was was like a mozzarella flavor? Or am I making that up? No, I think it really meant milk. Okay. Yeah. Um, Because like, and, and then that was interesting to me because I'd also loved like crema. And that was milk. And so, like, um, I'm pretty sure it just kind of was different languages and different ways of people saying the same thing, kind (laughs) of. And I was like, oh, this makes total sense because I like them all. (laughs) Oh, man, I love that, though. It's such a simple, clean flavor, but not like vanilla and vanilla bean or anything like that. It's like a more pure 
flavor anyway. Now, when we do gelato, you are a cone person. Mm -hmm. Every time. And I'm a cup person. We are. That is right. So explain to me the, like, why the cone? Why do you prefer cone over cup? Well, the crunch. The crunchiness. Yeah, I love crunchy things. Gotcha. Yeah. And I'm also, I am a little bit more of savory than sweet. And so it, to me, balances out some stuff that could be really sweet. Then you have like the uh, waffle cone or something or the Mm -hmm. cone that's not like as sweet as it is. But mostly the crunch. Gotcha. Yeah. Why do you not do it? Uh, The mess. That's a great reason. I I like that in the cup, it's just in the cup, I have a spoon, and you kind of have to eat the top of it quickly to like make sure that it's contained within the cup. Mm-hmm. I feel like gelato in Italy, like it's always like warm outside. Mm-hmm. And so if you get the cone, now you're in a race against the clock. Yeah. And I feel like the time's just ticking down. It's like trying to defuse a bomb. And I, I would rather just have it in a cup and yeah. not have ice cream all over my hands. Not smart. But here's the thing. <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this, but here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I get to eat all of it. And you have to leave little drops of it inside your bowl and throw it away. <laughs> but mine is all there for the taking. <laughs> and it just falls down to the bottom of the cone and every little drip is mine. <laughs> That so. said the fat girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. We took our gelato, walked through the streets, did some window shopping. Um, there's a lot of unique stores in Venice. A lot of the masquerade masks mm-hmm. and things like that are are very popular there. So you see stores full of them mm-hmm. um, of all kinds of varieties from like little cheap touristy trinket ones to like really elaborate, nice glass or whatever, like pieces yeah. of art, basically, mm-hmm. um, of these masquerade masks that, that you can find. Um, and different glass and, and stuff everywhere. Um, Venice was big in like the silk trade at, at one point. And so there's a lot of this sort of Eastern culture in Venice mm. that you don't get um, other places in Italy. And just contributes to its uniqueness i feel like yeah that's really cool yeah and all their blown glass stuff they're really big in that kind of like what's well, the in northern italy thing right yeah, yeah. venice like como all of that is like a lot of blown glass art stuff um and then like the next day like we were only there one night and the next day you still weren't feeling well right you're still a little under the weather and so i got up and went for our run yeah um, and you stayed you did and it for recovered me. a little bit. I remember like laying there in the bed and you left and I was like, oh, it's good to sleep in. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, this is good. And I just like stared out the little window there in the fabulous little room that we had. I was like, oh, I'm sad to miss it, but he'll do great. <laughs> I was, uh, I was glad I went because we hadn't made it to St. Mark's Square yet. Mm. And so I basically ran from our Airbnb to St. Mark's Square and kind of around that area and got to see all of that. And it was really cool to go first thing in the morning 
uh, the light was really nice on all of it uh, mm. with like the morning sun and it was empty just That's empty very best. few people um your footage of that is around. really cool yeah so i i was really glad that i did that i was really close to to not yeah um but i was glad that i that i got up and did it like it was it was a lot of fun and yeah you can go check out the youtube video to see yeah. some of that well speaking of missing things so i missed the run um <laughs> but we also missed a couple other things there is a bookstore that is super cool in mm, venice yeah. and i think it's still there um i've seen it on instagram a lot and we didn't get a chance to go into it but it's like you go down these steps but the steps are books so you literally walk on these stairs made out of books to get down into it. And then they have like a gondola in there that's filled with books. And like a, these are a lot of old books, I believe. Like yeah. they look very thrifty. And I believe it has also flooded at some point. Yes. Um, so there's probably a lot of character <laughs> in there. <laughs> um, but I thought that looked so cool. And I could not believe that we forgot about that. I just I was not feeling good and I could not pull myself out of it so yeah well and we the the rowing took more energy i think than than what we were anticipating and so when we got done with that it was like well we need to go like clean up before we have dinner mm -hmm. and um so that like that cut our running around the city short just yeah. a little bit well and another thing people might want to check out is a little colorful city called Murano and it is 40 minutes from Venice and it is like a rainbow of buildings and I've seen pictures and just thought wow that looks so cool but again it was something I was like ah we're not here long enough to really get to go see that but if you're there for a couple days that's something to check out as well so even though we didn't get to do it we want to share the wealth um, yes. so that you guys get to do something like that yeah absolutely but venice was super cool i would definitely go back mm -hmm. um, i do wish that we had stayed at least one or two more nights to really enjoy the city um i'd be on the water as much as i could be yeah um it is expensive so it's a little cost prohibitive but a really cool place yeah well let's just let's talk about that for a second sorry before we wrap up Let's talk about the fact that I looked up the Airbnb. And if you guys are interested in this Airbnb we stayed in, I'm going to put the link in the show notes. It is now like 300 and something dollars a night. And yeah. at the time we booked it and we got a special COVID deal at the time. And they, you know, secured that price for us. I don't know. What was it? Like it was still over our budget, but it was like... Yeah. $200 a I, night? I want to say it was just under 200 Yeah, like 197 or something like that. Yeah. Um, so it's like yeah. like 50% more. <laughs> right. You know, the price to go now. So that was like a real sweet spot that we had. Um, also, I loved being on the Grand Canal, but I think it could be so fun to stay somewhere on the water, like water level, yeah. um, in on along a little small canal, because I think that looks so peaceful and kind of creepy because people can just float past you <laughs> and just float into the living room. But um, I think that looks really like a whole nother experience that would be totally different than being a, a part of the big scene of the Grand Canal and the liveliness yeah. of all of it, you could have a really peaceful time on a tiny little canal. So there's a bunch of different experiences. Yeah. If you want to just waste a couple hours having a lot of fun, 
get on Airbnb and just look in mm. Venice and see all the Airbnb options that there are. Like that's there's truly some crazy stuff yeah. out there. Yeah. Not sponsored by Airbnb, by the way. We Not should get yet. on that. Not yet. <laughs> Airbnb, you have won the right to sponsor yes. an episode. <laughs> Um, that's right and also if you guys want to check out some just short clips of some of this stuff you might not have time to watch like the whole video on youtube or something like that but go ahead and find us on social media our handle is at travel fomo podcast and we are on tiktok youtube instagram um where else is there facebook yes and um but i will go back to YouTube because you have been editing that video and it's going to be so great and I can't wait for people to see it. It's already out now. You guys can go ahead and take a look at it. So um, be sure to find us. We're also on YouTube as Travel FOMO Podcast. Yep. You can find it there. It's going to be uh, a fun one. So you won't want to miss that. Uh, we also want to connect with you uh, in a more direct route. And we have set up an email account, travelfomopodcast at gmail.com. That's travelfomopodcast at gmail.com. And we want you to tell us your travel stories so that we can share them here on the podcast. Yeah. So you can type up an email and send it to us that way. Or if you would like, send us a voice memo and we can plug that voice memo directly into the podcast so we can hear your voice sharing your stories. And that's exactly what we have for you right now. Uh, this is another travel story from our friend Nicole. We've known Nicole for a long time. We're so thankful that she sent us yeah. her travel notes. Yes. Uh, we shared a couple of them last week uh, on our Lake Como uh, podcast. So you'll want to go back and catch that if you haven't already. But here is another plug from Nicole's time in Venice. While in Venice, we took a tour of St. Mark's Basilica and the Doge's Palace. Our guide was an architect and was so knowledgeable about Venetian history. He told us about how the Venetians were the pirates of the Caribbean. As they conquered cities in the Mediterranean, they would bring back the riches to Venice. St. Mark's Basilica is an example of where its original facade is covered in the precious stones, rare marble, and sculptures from the churches and palaces of other cities. Venice is represented by a winged lion. As we continued our travels to other places in the Mediterranean, we would see this winged lion in cities like Corfu, Greece, where the Venetians built forts, and the windmills in Mykonos were also built by the Venetians. Venice was the perfect place to begin our Mediterranean adventures. As you heard a little bit last week and a little bit right there, Nicole's trip to Venice uh, was a lot cooler than ours. <laughs> a little bougier, one could say. <laughs> a little more David Beckham. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we should have done more uh, Nicole-style traveling and less uh, rowing totally. out, out in the ocean on our own. Exactly. <laughs> so funny. She had a great trip. Nicole, we've known Nicole a long time. Yeah. And so it's really fun. I've, I've seen her travel to all kinds of places. And it's so fun now to get to incorporate her stories into um, our adventures as well. So we love hearing from people. I cannot emphasize how fun it is to get to it's like a shared joy to get to experience these kinds of things with somebody else and to get to hear people share their joy from traveling is so fulfilling. Yeah, yeah. So we definitely want to hear your stories, share them with us. We've got amazing places coming up. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be in Rome, Amalfi Coast, and in Greece. If you have been any of those places, 
Uh, please hit us up with your travel stories and you want to make sure that you are subscribed because next up we're headed to Florence. Oh my goodness. You guys, we did. Okay. This was one instance where we did do some pretty cool stuff. We spent some money doing a Chianti wine tour and it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was a great tour, a great tour, a crazy, like crazy army style bus. They had us on taking yeah. us around to all of these uh, wineries and Italian villas, like super cool very very cool you're gonna want to hear it in next week's episode florence italy okay guys life is short wonder well <laughs>